Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Hog Hoops Live. I am your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me over at hogsports.com with Trey Biddy, Danny West, and Andrew Ellis. Boy, it is amazing what a couple blowout wins can do for the vibes around Fayetteville. Arkansas has handled its business in impressive fashion in his last two home games. Nick Smith looks like a lottery pick, and the Razorbacks look like a team that nobody wants to see in March Madness. And I think they're pretty close to being a lock to getting there. Let's get started. Should be a fun show today. All right. As always, you guys know all the places that you can watch and listen to the show at this point. Be sure to throw us a like, a thumbs up, a five-star review. All those things really do help a ton in terms of helping us expand our reach. We definitely do appreciate that. Anybody watch that Nick Smith fella last night? Anybody? I know I sure did. Woo, buddy. You know, <laughs> we we thought that we saw peak Nick Smith Jr. early on in the season. And, you know. Maybe that Oklahoma game, boy, he looked really good, right? Nah. Turns out there was another gear, and the Georgia Bulldogs had to find out about it the hard way. In fact, their head coach, Mike White, (laughs) man, he said as much after the game, and I quote, he said, Nick Smith, he's been hurt all year, and he just showed the country what he's capable of when healthy. Sorry you had to be the sacrificial lamb, Mike. Nothing personal, man. It's just business. Arkansas throttled Georgia. 97-65, the second blowout victory in a row at home. And, man, the Hogs really needed these last two games. I can't overstate how important it's been to get Nick just just back in the lineup and playing big minutes. You know, 32 minutes against Florida, he really knocked the rust off. Things started clicking more with his teammates, the chemistry, you know, the, the continuity's coming back. But the man went absolutely bonkers on Georgia last night. It was, it was a really impressive showing. Uh, 26 points. That's a career high for Nick. 9 of 14 shooting, super efficient. 5 of 8 from 3. You love to see it. Uh, you know, his pace, his change of speed and direction, his ability to get to his spots whenever he wanted to, Nick just looked tremendous in this one, in my opinion. Uh, And look, Arkansas has been searching all season for a late game closer, kind of in that Mason Jones, J.D. Note type of mold. We talked about it, you know, on this show last week. I think they've found one now in Nick Smith Jr. If he's right, he's that guy. I think Nick has arrived and I'm happy for him. You know, the offense is just different with him on the floor. The tempo's better. Uh, the spacing is better. Everything is it's just more opened up. It flows. And yeah, you know, Florida and Georgia, they're not, they're not world beaters, right? But there's a reason Arkansas has jumped almost 10 spots in adjusted offensive efficiency in the last couple games. And look, Arkansas struggled with teams like this, you know, a month ago, scoring-wise. 
think about games like you know Ole Miss and LSU. Those are games that Arkansas won, but they weren't just lighting it up offensively in those. They've made some progress here. 97 points against Georgia was an SEC high this season. 63.8% shooting from the field. That's the highest in program history in an SEC game. Pretty impressive. You know, Musk joked a couple times the past few days that he doesn't think there will be any magic dust. This is what he's saying. I don't think there's going to be any magic dust that makes Arkansas better, you know, three-point shooters this year. Well, Musk. You might want to have Coach Ruda or somebody conduct an investigation because the Hogs made a season-high 11 threes on 20 attempts last night against that soft zone of Georgia's 11 threes from this Razorback team. Man, that's a, that, that's a number I didn't expect to see. It's good. Despite all that, you know what stood out to me the most, I think, in this one, and what might be the most encouraging sign that things are really starting to click is that this Arkansas team dished out a season-high 26 assists, which is the fifth most in an SEC game for the Razorbacks, by the way, in program history, not this year, 26 assists, and a season-low five turnovers. That's efficiency. 266 passes was the most by Arkansas in a game this season. That tells you that guys are playing unselfish. They're connected. They're confident. I mean, we talked about Nick, but this this was a team effort for Arkansas. Uh, Anthony Black thought he was awesome. Um, you know, kind of ticked that he didn't get the double-double because, you know, he, he earned it. But 10 points, 8 assists, 0 turnovers. We talk so much about, you know, how he makes things easier for others. Right? But when Arkansas is in a flow and they're knocking down shots around him, his job becomes easier. AB has two eight-assist games in his last three outings. This was his first zero-turnover game of, of the season. I mean, he was in total command. He was engaged defensively as well. He's, he's averaging three steals per game over his last five. Awesome performance. He was great. Ricky Council IV, I think he deserves a lot of credit for his maturity. You know, he's been the leading scorer on this team and one of the top scorers in the SEC all season. But he gets asked to come off the bench, which he's done before at a high level, don't get me wrong, but still, it kind of requires you to, you know, swallow your pride a little bit for the betterment of the team, you know? He was slumping a bit there, but had 15 on, on efficient shooting against Florida in that six-man role over the weekend. That was the first time he kind of moved to that, to that role. Uh, but man, he doubled down against Georgia with 22 points. He hadn't hit a three since the Kentucky game. He went three of six from deep. His donks are ridiculous. I just looked it up for somebody. Somebody asked on our on our message board how many donks is Arkansas averaging and who leads the team. Uh, they have 132 donks this season. Ricky's got 30 of them. He, he leads the way. I don't think that surprises anybody. Jalen Graham's got 20. He's second. That might be a surprise to some people. But, no, Ricky was – he was tremendous. You know, I love seeing him and Nick both thriving in the same game. That's a major development because if both those guys are clicking, that, that's a hell of a duo for the Razorbacks. Speaking of maturity, you know, Devo, another guy that I think deserves some credit here. You know, we're, we're talking about a dude who had to step up into a scoring role with Nick out, and now he's had to completely – uh, just kind of adjust his role now that Nick has returned. 
it's not an easy thing to do, especially at this point in the season, uh, you know, for an upperclassman. Devo's only taken three shots the last two games. I, I think that'll obviously go back up. But I thought he played super unselfish last night against Georgia, and none of it has impacted his defense. He absolutely clamped Terry Roberts. You know, Georgia, they're an interesting team because they've, they've been playing a lot better under Mike White. They've really struggled on the road. But Terry Roberts is the kind of guard that, that can keep Georgia in a game that it probably shouldn't stay in. He's their leading scorer, um, really dynamic, really slippery player. He's good. Um Devo clamped him four points, two of nine shooting, and, and it's just he just continues to do that night in and night out on, on a consistent basis. Um, that stuff matters, you know. It, it's not all about the scoring, and so to me, this backcourt for Arkansas has all the ingredients of one that goes deep in March. They do. Guard play wins you games in the tournament. You have an alpha and, and a closer in Nick Smith Jr. You know, there, there's a Batman and, and Robin type vibe with Council there as a secondary playmaker now. You have an, a really a, an elite and unique talent in Anthony Black who, who makes things go, impacts the game in so many ways. And then you've got a seasoned veteran, a lockdown defender in Devo, and it's a guy who's won six NCAA tournament games. We know that March Devo is the best version of Devo. You can take it to the bank. I'm telling you. Arkansas has to make up for some of the lost time, obviously. But if they continue to progress, this is one of the most dangerous backcourts in the country, without question. And I think the rest of the rotation is starting to fill out and, and take shape as well. Because again, this is it's a new identity uh, for Arkansas at, at this point in the year. You know, I thought I thought what the Hogs got from Jordan Walsh against Georgia was huge. He's gonna defend. We know that. He stayed out of foul trouble on this one, knocked down a three, he hit his free throws, competed on the glass, nine points and seven boards in 21 minutes. Perfect. Perfect. You want to talk about a guy embracing his role? You know, he had been coming off the bench. Arkansas shakes things up, he comes back into the starting lineup, and, and that's solid production from that spot. He's doing his job. The Twins, you know, I, I think I might like them in a platoon a little bit more than I do as a tandem on the floor together, although we might we might see the towers out there, you know, against Alabama this weekend. Uh, but look, between the two of them, you have rim protection that ranks top 20 nationally in block percentage and two-point defense. The paint ain't sweet against the Hogs. It's just not. Nothing comes easy in there. And then Jalen Graham, you know, hey, he went off for 26 points on, on Florida, and that was fun to watch. But I thought his eight points and, and five rebound performance against Georgia was more important because it's the first time that he's followed up a strong game with another impactful one right after it. It's consistency. That's what you've been looking for out of Graham all season. We know what he can do as a scorer, but his defense has been better. He had two more blocks against Georgia. Turnovers have been a problem for him at times, and he had a couple, but I thought he handled those double teams in the post so much better than he did a week prior at Texas A&M. So much more prepared. Passed out of it well. He was patient. He wasn't forcing it as much. Still got to work on the free throws a little bit. But hey, you know, it feels like he has earned the type of trust with the coaching staff that is going to keep him as a constant in the rotation. If that's the case, he's always a threat. 
He's always going to be a threat. Think about that for a minute, you know. Anthony Black, Nick Smith, Ricky Council, Devo Davis, Jordan Walsh, Jalen Graham, Makai Mikel Mitchell. That's a really, really good top eight to work with. Starting to come together a little bit. And, you know, aside from the momentum and, and figuring some things out, obviously, you know, like we've talked about, you, you wouldn't think that beating up on, you know, Florida-Georgia line would, would move the needle that much for Arkansas. But, uh, you know, think again. I've said it before, but style points matter, you know, and these blowouts have given the Hogs an uptick in the efficiency metrics. It's kind of crazy to look at their resume. So, look, you know, I, I think Arkansas – don't get me wrong, they've got some really solid wins. We've talked about it. San Diego State and Oklahoma on neutral floors, you know, at Kentucky, that's always a solid win. You blew them out. Um, you know, beat Missouri, that's a tournament team, got them at home. That that home win over Texas a and is looking better and better every single day, it feels like, because they're rolling. Uh, so some quality wins there. But I still believe the resume kind of lacks that signature win, you know? The one that you can kind of hang your hat on that, that, that maybe – People who don't follow Arkansas as closely can can look at that and say, oh, now these dudes are for real. I think the good news is, you know, there are some opportunities to get that here in the near future. I think the other good news is that, that the computer numbers for Arkansas are insanely good, which is a big part of the reason why I'm leaning towards them being close to a lock to earn an enlarged bid to the NCAA tournament at this point. They're in great, great position. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things to factor in, you know, for the selection committee when, when they're determining, you know, who's in and who's out and whatever. Uh, but but there are six key metrics that they look at on those team sheets. Listen to these numbers for Arkansas. The Hogs are 16th in the net, 15th at Ken Palm, 14th in the BPI, 19th at Sagarin, 16th in KPI. The only outlier here, really, is their strength of record, which is at 37. But that's obviously something that can be fixed here down the stretch because you've got three quality opponents and opportunities to improve on that. Before the Georgia result, uh, because it hasn't updated since then, but the bracket matrix had Arkansas included in all 114 brackets with an average seed of 8.34. So very, very solidly in the field, right? The the tourney cast, which, man, it's just an, I have so much fun with this. I get in wormholes with this. But the tourney cast, it's a really cool tool that you can mess around with at, at Torvik, BartTorvik.com, one of my favorite analytics sites. Uh, but it gives Arkansas a 99.7% chance at this point to make the NCAA tournament. I, and they have a simulator. So I ran some simulations this morning before the show. And I want to share with you. If Arkansas loses its last three games of the regular season, Torvik, and again, Torvik's not the selection committee, but you know it's a it's a an algorithm that's proven <laughs> to have a pretty strong track record of being accurate. But Arkansas loses its last three games of the regular season, Torvik still projects it as a nine seed. If the Hogs just hold serve at home, so beat Kentucky and and then lose the other two games, it has them as an eight seed, right on the border. Of, of getting to a seven. They're the, la- the the first eight seed on the list. 
beat Kentucky and then split with either Alabama or Tennessee, wouldn't matter which one because I think they're two and three in the net at this point or, or something like that. Um, but you beat Kentucky and then split with Bama and Tennessee, looking at the six line, moving all up, on up, right? You know, and, and, and if they win all three to close the regular season, Torvik actually has Arkansas projected as a four seed. Well, I didn't think they could get there. I'm still not sure that they can, but, um, man, what a difference a week could make. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Because you know, we're, we're sitting here talking about, well, what if Arkansas wins out? That sounded really far-fetched this time a week ago. I think the title of, of last week's show was, you know, the roller coaster ride continues, right? Because we were up after that Kentucky game, then down after two losses. And, and now here we are again a week later, trending back in the right direction. You know, and, and so winning out in the regular season doesn't sound as far-fetched anymore. With the way Arkansas is playing, coupled with, you know, Tennessee really struggling, uh, you know, in, in the situation in Alabama right now, there's a path to the Hogs getting that done. It ain't going to be easy by by any means. Don't Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think the the question that remains to be answered with this team is can they carry over what they're doing now on the road? Can you take the show on the road? Because Arkansas struggled there. But how have they struggled? Right? All those second-half leads that they've squandered late, the, the inability to close games. you got a wild card in there now with Nick Smith. Might change that dynamic a little bit. It's going to be really, really fascinating to watch this team compete over the course of the next week. Uh, and we'll find out where they're at Saturday in Tuscaloosa. And uh, listen, this this is a I mean, this is an Arkansas basketball podcast here. Um, there are certain things I don't I don't like to get too deep into, but you know, given Alabama's the next opponent, I, I do feel like I should probably address the situation that's going on over there. Um, you know, first and foremost, with something like this, hands down, uh, the most important, unfair, and you know, devastating part of, of this entire ordeal at Alabama is that, you know, a, a young child is going to have to grow up without a mother due to senseless gun violence. It's tragic, and basketball, quite frankly, I mean, it, it pales in comparison to the loss of life. Um, you know, and so for full context, 
I'd suggest, you know, maybe going over to our friends at, at BamaOnline.com in the, in the 24-7 network. And, uh, you know, you can read their stories about the matter. But look, long story short, you know, there was a, a preliminary hearing yesterday for, for the capital murder charges against Michael Davis and, and former Alabama guard Darius Miles, um, you know, for the shooting death of a, of a young woman that took place on the strip in, in Tuscaloosa a little while back. Um, I can't remember if that was in, in December or January. It was a little while back. And, uh, you know, during that hearing, it was reported that, you know, the, the gun, uh, which I believe belonged to Miles, uh, was brought in some capacity to the scene that night as, at his request by, by Alabama star freshman guard Brandon Miller. Um, you know, not, not a good look. Um, you know, as I understand it, Miller's been cooperating with authorities, um, who have determined that no charges, you know, were, were warranted at the time. You know, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. Um, obviously, you know, Alabama head coach Nate Oates has taken a lot of heat and, and rightfully so, uh, the last 24 hours for his comments regarding Miller's potential involvement there. Um, I'm not going to get into those particular comments, but, uh, look, like I said, it, not a good look. Um, I think Oates has since walked back some of those things he said that, that were a little tone deaf there, um, with a release statement that, that indicated that law enforcement is, has maintained that Miller, um, as well as freshman guard, Jaden Bradley, who was, who was also at the scene, uh, on that unfortunate night that they are not suspects, but witnesses only, um, look right, wrong, or, or in between, with all these guys, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and judge or, or persecute anybody. The, the powers to be that can do, you know, they can do that. Um, I'm here to, to talk hoops. And again, you know, as I started with, the, the real tragedy here is the unnecessary loss of life. I, I can't overstate that. But, you know, speaking from, you know, a basketball standpoint on a basketball podcast here, it's it's fair to wonder, you know, if there's going to be some fallout here and, and how does that change the outlook? Um you know, for Alabama's season, it, it, it's just an, an, an unbelievable story. Um, you know, and, and Arkansas is one of the next up on, on the schedule there. So Bama plays tonight, Wednesday night um, against South Carolina. Is Miller going to play? Is Oates allowed to coach? I, I have no idea. Uh, but it's a major national storyline that, that will follow, right? And, and so regardless uh, from a basketball standpoint, you know, this is a, it, it, it's a major opportunity, um, you know, for Arkansas in this game. Um, and, and it's just a shame all around that, that this situation um, has occurred. But from a basketball standpoint, uh, look, you, you look at the score from the first meeting in, in Bud Walton Arena with Alabama and, 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 you know, you see the Tide beat the Hogs by 15. I don't think that tells the entire story. Though you know this is a, a two-point game with under five minutes to play, uh, you know the Tide led by Miller they they hit three threes in 50 seconds they put that thing on ice in a hurry. Um, look, the Hogs have Nick Smith back for this one. We've been talking about it this whole show here. Um, Alabama has been tremendous all season. Um, they're number two in the country for a reason, you know. But but they've shown some vulnerability, right? Uh, they got blown out by Oklahoma in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. They kind of took one on the chin last week um, at Tennessee. That ain't an easy place to play. Arkansas has got to go there, uh, you know, in a week. But they've been downright dominant at home, you know, unbeaten. Uh, they've won their last three home games against SEC opponents by an average of 44.6 points. That is absurd. 
That's crazy. Really beat up on, and it was Vanderbilt, um, I think Florida before the loss of Castle, and then, and then the Georgia team that, that we saw really struggle against Arkansas, but still. This is the SEC we're talking about. Looks like they've had one scare, you know, in Coleman Coliseum this year so far. It came to Mississippi State. They won that game by three. Um, you know, obviously Miller's an immense talent, 6'9 guard, could shoot the lights out of the ball. Mark Sears, man, that's that's a guard who really torched Arkansas in the first matchup. He gave him fits. Um, they've got a veteran in the backcourt in Javon Quinterly, who's I think he's looking more and more comfortable after coming back from an injury last year. Um so we know, you know, Alabama, they've always got really, really good guard play, uh, but they've got, you know, some some size and some length that you have to account for in there as well. In um, Charles Bediaco and the freshman Noah Clowney, who can also space the floor and shoot it. Uh, they're deep and they're talented. Uh, you know, we know that this Alabama team can burn up the nets from three, especially at home. And, and I do think, you know, with the makeup of Arkansas's roster right now, they're better equipped um, to kind of keep pace in that area. They've got to limit, you know, those as much as possible because a barrage of, of threes by the Crimson Tide, that's really tough to overcome. We learned that the hard way uh, in Bud Walton Arena. You got to limit those looks the best you can. Um, you know, I, I think what kind of goes overlooked to a degree as I look at, at Bama's Kimpom page here is, you know, because of their reputation as you know, as a team that, that lives and dies by the three and gets up and down the floor, man, they rank third nationally in, in adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, they're first in two-point defense in the country. They're second in three-point defense in the country. So, um, you know, we, we've seen Arkansas really have these offensive explosions here the last couple games, you know, against the likes of Florida and Georgia. How much of that can they carry over against a much better defensive team um, on the road? be interesting to see you know they don't they don't force a, a ton of turnovers honestly they're kind of like Arkansas in that they're long uh, and athletic and they really contest shots at a high level it, it it's it's an intriguing matchup you know Arkansas is kind of playing with house money in this one I think you know there'll be significant underdogs the last time I checked you know at, at Kim Palm which is usually fairly close to the line that comes out, I think Alabama was a nine-point favorite. You know, so a loss, a loss isn't really going to hurt Arkansas here. Now they, you know, like I said, they're they're beating SEC teams by, you know, forty-five points a game at home over the last three. So you, you don't want to get beat like that, right? But I don't see that happening with Arkansas here. So a loss isn't going to hurt them too much. Um, you know, but a win could really propel this team to another level. Like we were talking about with some of those projections a minute ago, like. You know, there's an opportunity to move up some seed lines here for the Razorbacks. You know, a week ago it was, man, are, are they going to be able to get in? Like, what do they have to do to to stay off of that bubble? And now you're starting to get to the point where you're feeling a lot more comfortable about it. And it's, it's you know, how far can Arkansas climb? How favorable, um, you know, of a, a position can they put themselves in to, to get a good draw once they get there? Crazy how quickly things change. But I'm excited about this. You know, I think it's going to be a great measuring stick, stick opportunity to see, um, you know, just kind of where this team is really at with the new look that it has. There's still some things that they've got to iron out, and they might not be the best versions of themselves in, until they get to March Madness. That's what's wild about it. You know, that that's what happens when you have injuries and, and guys in and out. 
Um, you know, and Mus has talked about that time and time again, but you know, most teams, you pretty much know who you are at this point. Um, Arkansas doesn't, <laughs> uh, but I think that's a good thing because I, I think what they don't know is, is how high that ceiling is for them. How good can they be? You know, there's still a team that, that's kind of reaching their potential. They're not there. Um, and, and so there's something to be said for maybe being in a position where you can peak at the right time. We'll see. Hogs are 19 and 9 overall. Man, Must needs one more win to get to that 20 mark. He's had at least 20 wins in every season as a college head coach for Nevada, the first three uh, at Arkansas. In most cases, he's had a lot more than that. His first year with the Hogs, he got, I think he got right to 20 his first year with the Hogs, and, and he might have got that number higher, you know, had, had things not been shut down there with the pandemic. Um, but yeah, 19 and 9 overall right now. Eight and seven in SEC play, so back over five hundred there. You'd like to to have a better mark in the league, um, but it's kind of interesting to look at these standings. It's wild, actually. You know, you got Bama at the very top there with one loss. Texas A and M. Got to give those guys a lot of credit. I mean, they're one game back of first place, and they are comfortably in second, three game lead over second. You know, the Hogs are tied for seventh in the SEC standings right now with Missouri. Um, I, I believe Arkansas currently holds that tiebreaker, but the Tigers have a much easier schedule compared to Arkansas down the stretch. I think the Hogs are only they're only a game out of fourth place, though. That's what's crazy. They're they're one game over five hundred in league play. They're eight and seven, but they're only a game out of fourth place. And it's kind of wild to consider, you know, after a one and five start. But, you know, those those top four spots, that's why I bring it up all the time, they get that double buy at the SEC tournament. You don't have to play until Friday. It's going to be tough to get there for sure, but, it, it, you know, it's it's definitely possible. And I think the good thing for Arkansas is, well, I guess it's a good thing if you win, but their opportunities remaining are against teams ahead of them in the standings. They're not going to catch Bama, obviously, but they can catch Kentucky and they can catch Tennessee. They're only a game behind Tennessee, actually. Uh, but, you know, from that standpoint, you know, as opposed to, well, you know, if if you win, but maybe another team that's ahead of you keeps pace because they win too. Now you pick up a full game if you beat these teams. So I think it's going to be tough for them to get there into that top four. It's definitely possible. But I could see them, you know, maybe they could push their way up to, to that five or six spot and, and get a good draw once they get down to Nashville. 18 days until Selection Sunday. Man, season's really flown by. It's crazy. It's 18 days until Selection Sunday and 19 days until the transfer portal window opens up. I, don't, I get it, you know, with, with the, the transfer portal window and the changes they're trying to make there just to, to kind of get a handle on it. But why the hell did you pick this day? <laughs> the day after Selection Sunday? What are we doing? I know people are excited about, you know, portal season. It's always a fun time. You know, who's Arkansas going to add for next season? Or, you know, are they, are they going to get some freaking shooters, right? Um, but, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how all this plays out because uh, they're going to kind of be behind the eight ball because, you know, until the season's over, uh, for the most part, you would think, you know, you, you're not really 100% sure who all is staying, who all is going, what your needs are going to be, how many spots you have available. 
it's almost like you're being punished for making the NCAA tournament because all these teams that don't make it, they, they don't have to worry about that. Those decisions are being made right away, and, and they're kind of ahead of the game a little bit. I don't know. I don't like it. Not the portal itself, but just the timing of it. You know, I'm, a, I'm a college basketball purist, and I, I worry that this might have a similar impact to, to what it did with bowl season. We saw it this year, but worse um, because of the quickness of, you know, it, it, if you have selection Sunday, so the tournament brackets are reeled on, on a Sunday, and then the portal opens on Monday, and then the tournament starts on Tuesday. It's crazy. So, look, you, are we going to have teams that are, you know, selected for the NCAA tournament on a Sunday who start losing their own players to the portal the very next day before their season's over? You better believe it. I don't like that at all, but it's going to happen. You can take that to the bank. And, yeah, I mean, in most cases, it'll probably be guys who, you know, aren't aren't playing much in their current situation. They're trying to find a better spot, and they, they don't want to get behind the times uh, in the portal. It'll be really interesting to see if, you know, any of these teams who make the tournament lose, you know, significant pieces, rotation players or, or whatever. That can have a huge impact. And then the last thing you want to do, if you know, if you're going into a, a, a tournament do or die situation like that is have just the, the continuity of your, of your program disrupted by people leaving at that stage. I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be really, really interesting to see, you know, how it works. I know Musk doesn't like spending, you know, more time working the the phones with transfers than preparing for his, his NCAA tournament opponents. He's had to do that in the past. He said as much. I don't know that I'm crazy about, you know, trying to sift through 1,500 names in the portal while I'm also trying to cover March Madness. But, you know, it's it's a necessary evil. It, it's just going to be a little bit different. That window that they've gone to, um, I, I think it makes sense. Like I said, I'm not crazy about the timing of it there. Uh, but what it does is it, it just kind of makes things chaotic for that time period. It's it's go, go, go. It's, it's almost like the transfer portal on steroids, but it was already on steroids. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see how all that plays out. I, I have no idea what it's going to look like. But I think it's going to be a major storyline, um, you know, going into the tournament that maybe maybe we're not talking about enough. We'll see. Hopefully it doesn't impact Arkansas at all. I'd I don't, I don't think it will, but I mean, you never know. All right. Let's go over to the chat see what we got here. Jackie Price says, starting to feel really optimistic. Woo pig Sui. Yeah, me too. I'm starting to feel really optimistic. And, and you know, I, part of me wants to say cautiously optimistic, um, but I'm not that cautious about it. Nick Smith looked like a lottery pick last night. He looked really, really good. Um, and like I said, they've still got some things to iron out, but uh, that's a potential game changer for Arkansas. So I, I, I do think, even though they haven't been playing the best competition, um, and no, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they're going to go, you know, beat up on on Bama and Tennessee or whatever. But I do think they're turning a corner, and and I think that this is a team that's going to be really dangerous, um, you know, as we move forward here. I really do. Jackie Price also says, "Would they be a lock if they if they beat Bama or Tennessee?" Um, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, lock. Bill Richards says, "How about those Hogs? I know it was just a a bad Georgia team, but with 
Uh, Nick Smith getting into the flow with the team. I believe the sky's the limit. Uh, we know a lot more come Saturday when we play Alabama go hogs. I, I agree. Um, you know, it is true. Like to a degree, you've got to take some of that with a grain of salt because like Georgia, man, they were playing. It was like a, I mean, not to be disrespectful to them, but it was like a middle school zone. I mean, they, they, for long stretches there, they weren't very active in it. Uh, they were just kind of in it and they were packing the lane and, and they were very much content with, with Arkansas taking perimeter jumpers and they got burned for it. Um, but, but, you know, I, I think it doesn't matter who you're playing when, when the ball's moving like that and, and the shots are falling, um, it's huge for confidence. And it's a really good sign that the continuity is starting to come around. You, you don't make 266 passes in a game against anybody uh, unless you're playing very well together. And, and so I think it's a really good sign for Arkansas. And then, yeah, with Nick getting into the flow, um, you know, Arkansas just plays with, with an added edge. Um, I like their pace. You know, they're, they're running the floor a lot better. Um, I think it takes some pressure off other guys, you know, like, like AB, like a Devo, uh, like a Ricky. Um, it's just a good thing. So if he continues to progress and, and really settle into, you know, to being the guy that everybody, you know, thought he was going to be and that he's certainly talented enough to be, um, Arkansas could be a problem for folks, no doubt. Let's see. Jackie Price says, do you believe Brandon Miller will play Saturday? I just, I have no idea. Um, I have no idea. I think, you know, we'll probably have more clarity on that. I would imagine, um, tonight, Wednesday night, you know, I, I guess all this stuff is, is kind of out there now. Um, and they have a game before they play Arkansas. So I, you know, I guess we'll, we'll see if he plays tonight against South Carolina. We'll probably have a better idea at that point. West glass says, what is going on with the free throws? That is a fair question and something that I neglected. Uh, let me pull this up real quick. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I'm looking at the box score right now and <laughs> Arkansas was 11 of 20 from three. They were 12 of 22 from the free throw line. Um, that don't make sense. <laughs> this, this does not make any sense at all. Uh, there was one point there where I think they were, maybe they were 10 of 18 at both. I was watching the game and I was really hoping that they'd wind up dead even. You know, I think that'd be a good question from us. Like, you shot uh, exactly the same from the three point line as you did the free throw line. Um, your thoughts. Uh, but no, you know, it's a, a team for whatever reason that they've struggled from the free throw line. This year, I, I think some of it is, um, you know, who's getting fouled. Um, you know, so, for example, um, you know, you, f you feel pretty good, I think, about certain guys going to the line, even, even though they've been a little bit uneven too. But, you know, I, I trust Ricky at the line. Um, you know, I trust Nick at the line. AB has shown a lot of progress there. Um, but, you know, once you get into the front court, it, it's been a struggle for the Razorbacks. And so... Um, that's another thing about the Nick Smith dynamic that I think is going to help because down the stretch of games, uh, they should be able to be in a position where they're playing, you know, unless another team is just huge, um, you know, probably four guards and, and a big man. Um, you know, maybe it's AB, Devo, Nick and Ricky on the floor, you know, at one time with, with, you know, one of the Mitchell twins or, or whoever, uh, but then you've, you've got about an 80% shot of sending someone to the line. that has got, you know, got a pretty good opportunity to, to go up there and knock them down. So yeah, uh, definitely has to improve. That was kind of the one, um, 
I don't know, a little, little black eye or, or scrape there on what was otherwise a, an awesome offensive performance. But, yeah, uncharacteristic of, of an Eric Musselman coach team. They, they put a heavy emphasis on free throws. They work on it every day in practice. But um, just got to go up there in the game and, and knock those things down. And that can cost you. Uh, that can absolutely cost you in the postseason. So um, I, I think there does need to be a sense of urgency and improvement on that. Let's see. Uh, Dustin Hoofman says, confidence means a lot this time of year. Uh, games like Florida and Georgia don't mean we'll win every game, but it means that each player will be playing with a great deal of confidence that will go a long ways in March. Yeah, it's cool. I feel like we're, uh, I feel like we're all kind of on the same page here. You know, it, it's good. I like that about you guys. You know, it's, it's, it's realism, you know, you're not, not going crazy over it. You know, it's, it's not like they just blew out the, you know, the golden state warriors here or anything like that, but boy, really promising performances and, and they look good doing it. They really pass the eye test. Um, you can tell they're having fun. They're playing together. Uh, they're confident. And yeah, you're hundred percent right. All those things really do matter. They're in a good, good spot. Um, I think in terms of the way they're playing, and, and the way they feel about themselves going into what's going to be a, you know, a crazy stretch here uh, to close because you're at Alabama. They haven't lost at home all season. You're at Tennessee. Uh, Thompson Bowling is not an easy place to play by any means. It, I, don't, I don't care if they're struggling a little bit right now. Um, and, and then if you think it's just going to be as simple as, you know, Kentucky walking into Bud Walton Arena and you beating them. Uh, like you did in Rupp a few weeks ago, I got bad news for you that that's not going to be the case. They're playing a lot better. Um, Arkansas is going to have to bring it in that game. That's not a given just because it's going to be at home. So all three of those are absolutely going to be really tough. Let's see. Michelle Wilkerson, wifey. Says I, I have a feeling that free throws will be important these next three games. Yeah, they will because, um, like I said, that can cost you, um, you know, in, in tournament play. And the reason why is because all those games are usually really close. And yeah, I mean, it'd be pretty sweet if you know if Arkansas could just go and, and blow the doors off of, of everybody on the rest of the schedule and not really have to worry about it. But yeah, you know, uh, chances are, and especially. Um, if, you, if you look at these last several road games for Arkansas, these are games that are going to be coming down to the final minutes. And, um, you know, they're going to be close games. Every possession is going to matter. Uh, and so, yeah, things like knocking down free throws, uh, continuing to make progress in the turnover department and, and not hurting yourself with self-inflicted wounds, uh, that's going to be key, you know, for, for this Arkansas team to, to really get over the hump because you can play really, really well against a team like Alabama, uh, but if you shoot 50% from the free throw line, you're probably not going to beat them. So I agree. Josh King says, we'll win two of the last three. We'd beat Bama if it was at Bud on Saturday. I like that. I like that attitude. It would be nice if that game was at Bud Walton. But I think this is good for Arkansas, though. They need to, they need to get back on the road and, and maybe prove some things there. What are they, They're 2-6 and six or 2-7. and seven. Uh, you know, on the road. And, and obviously I, I just ran through all the, the computer numbers that, that love Arkansas. So they're not getting dinged for it too bad. But um, I think the human element of it with the selection committee, if we're talking about Arkansas, you know, getting to a point where their tournament seed would match what their metrics suggest, because I, there is a gap there right now. Um, the better you do on, on road, you know, games like that, I think it can really help you. And then obviously, you know, it's, quad one opportunities and, and everything like that as well. But yeah, two out of three, 
I think you take that for sure. If you're Arkansas, to me, as long as one of the one of the two is Kentucky, right? You can't you you can't lose that last game, um, you know, in Bud Walton to close the regular season. To Cal, you just can't do it. Got to get them. Let's see. Uh, Jonathan Parker says, haven't seen TB very high on any draft boards. Uh, could you see him coming back next season? I could. You know, I, I'm I'm starting to come around to that idea. Uh, a little bit more than I was initially. You know, when he went down right away, he was he was so high, uh, you know, on a lot of draft boards, and, and rightfully so. I mean, he was playing great. Uh, but you're right, you know, you're kind of seeing him fall off there. Um, you know, with him, I, I'm not entirely sure where he's at, you know, with his rehab process, but I'd be surprised if he was, you know, like full go and full clearance for the combine. Um, and, and to me, you know, Trevin, with his athleticism, and his length and, you know, his ability to, you know, he's skilled for his size. He can put on the floor a little bit. Obviously he can shoot it. Um, you know, he's the type of guy that would go to the combine and really, really help his stock. Um, you know, might he be cleared to do some of those things? Yeah. But, but is he going to be a hundred percent of, of, of himself and what he was probably not. And so I, you know, I think in his case, maybe there, maybe it does make a little more sense for him to come back um, you know, and not only prove it, you know, on the court for another year, um, but, you know, really put him in position to go kill it at the combine next year, uh, because I think that's how he could go, you know, he could maybe play him way, play his way into, you know, first round type of consideration, uh, but then really vault himself to another level, uh, you know, with his testing numbers. So, you know, I don't know for sure. I think it's encouraging that he's, you know, he's with the team. Uh, he's still on the bench with the team. He's rehabbing. Uh, you know, on campus, he's still in classes. Uh, all those are encouraging signs. You know, if he was a guy that was 100 percent, you know, hell bent and determined on on going pro now, uh, you know, he probably wouldn't be doing those things. It doesn't mean he won't test the waters or, or whatever here eventually. Uh, but I do think there's some positive signs there uh, and it would be huge to get him back for sure. <laughs> Brian Bynum says, do you think Nick Smith Jr. is coming back next year? No. He might he might come back um, over All Star Weekend like uh, like Isaiah Joe and, and Jalen Williams and Stanley Mude and Justin Smith did uh, over the weekend. You know just just to watch the watch the new team play and and you know maybe get honored at half court and and lead the Razorback fans in a in a hog call. Uh, but no, he's he's going to be making a lot of money playing somewhere next year, and he, and he might not be available on All Star Weekend because you know I I would think at the very least he might be playing in that. Was it like the Rising Stars Challenge or whatever? So, um, no, I, I don't think so. Boy, that'd be something. Josh Grubb says, what a game to watch. Enjoyed it. Really like Musk pushing them hard through the whole game to help them mesh. Yeah, I like that too. You know, when, when they were up 20 uh, there at halftime, I was kind of wondering what it would look like in the second half. Not that I thought Georgia would come back or anything, but I was thinking, you know, are they just going to kind of – this is going to get really ugly and and slow down and, and just kind of take some of the luster off of it. And for a, for a little bit there, it, it kind of did. It's just hard to keep your foot on the gas pedal, you know, full throttle for a 40-minute game when you're dominating like that. Uh, and so there was a little bit of a lull there, but I thought they really picked it up again down the stretch. They worked on some things. Uh, you know, Nick had that – he had that personal 8-0 run where he hit that really tough baseline runner. It, I Man, he can really get to that spot – 
whenever he wants. And that, that's a really good look for him. Not many guys can do that. Uh, but then he hit those back-to-back threes, and I thought that really kind of sparked things again. Uh, you know, and obviously they wound up extending the lead there. But how cool was that? You know, they were they were able to really get a lot of good work in with guys, and, and then they were able to get some guys who haven't been able to play much in there and, and get them involved. You know, I think you feel good for a guy like Joseph Pinion because he's, you know, he's really helped Arkansas in some key moments this year. He's had a couple big games in Arkansas wins and SEC play, um, you know, and obviously, you know, he, he hasn't been able to latch on to a really consistent role there, but you get him in there, he buries a couple threes, um, he stayed ready, you know, and he, and he took advantage of that opportunity there. So I was really happy to see that, really happy to see Lawson Blake, you know, the walk-on, uh, you know, big man, 6'10", he, he gets in there. Uh, you know, he gets fouled, he misses two free throws, and you're like, man, you wish he would have knocked down one of those. He hasn't scored as a Razorback. And they come down the next possession, he powers through a dude and, and finishes a layup through contact, converts the three-point play, um, gets his first career bucket. He's he's flexing on him. It's like, all right, man. Uh, the team absolutely loved that. It was, it was really cool. It was funny, you know, the, the officials having to push uh, you know, Trevin Brazil, actually. He was like all the way on the court in celebration. He's like, dude, you got to back up. Uh, and the whole team was going nuts to the, to the point where Michael Musselman actually got up and was like, all right, you know, have have a seat, fellas, calm down. Uh, but he had a big smile on his face, too. You just you love to see things like that. It was really a feel good game for Arkansas. Let's see what else we have here. Um, Zach Van says Black and Smith are definitely one and dones, but who else do you think goes? Uh, and and who stays on this roster for next year? Well, we kind of we kind of talked about TB there, um, and and let me preface with I don't know any of these things for sure. It's just just kind of speculating in my thoughts. I, I would I would imagine Ricky would will at least test the waters. Um, you know, he's really starting to pop up on a lot of draft boards. I think people were enamored with his athleticism and, and ability to create. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me much. Um, you know, I, I don't know about some of those other freshmen. Jordan Walsh is one that, that I'm kind of 50-50 on right now. Um, you know, I, I, I think he would, would benefit from coming back for another year and, and really working on refining his game a little bit. Um, you know, I know some of our scouts at 24-7 kind of feel the same way. But, um, you know, he could also do that in the G League, right, or, or you know, with, a, with an NBA franchise that would take him. And so, you know, if, if, if we get to a point there where – you know, there's a, you know, a second round grade or, or whatever on him. Um, and there's, there's some life changing guaranteed money involved. Can't blame the guy for going. So it will be really interesting to see how that one plays out. I, I think there's a chance there, um, you know, with Arkansas, um, I, I, I would feel like there would be, um, the desire for them to bring back, you know, one of the guys in the, in the rotation right now, the bigs. Um, I think it would be more likely that, that you would get the twins back um, than Jalen Graham. But I think it also depends on how the rest of the season plays out with those guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's some really – there's not as many clear-cut decisions outside of, you know, Nick and A.B. and then obviously Kamani running out of uh, running out of eligibility there. So I, I think a case could be made either way for a lot of these guys. Um, but there's going to be attrition. I mean, it, it's it's inevitable. Um, you know, it, it's it's – it's just been something that we've seen with, um, you know, Eric Musselman's teams. There's, there's usually a quite a bit of turnover. I think he prefers to, to kind of have a, a fresh canvas, uh, from season to season, but that's just the nature of the beast. Now, you know, with, with the one-time free transfer waiver, 
if, if guys aren't, you know, if they don't have the opportunities that they want or, you know, they, they feel like they can do better somewhere else, they're going to go. And, and there's no penalty for doing that. And, and I don't blame them. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be, um, you know, I think some guys that, that leave to go pursue professional opportunities. And, and I think Arkansas is definitely going to have multiple guys who uh, who hit the portal and they'll reload. Right. It's just what they do. Getting close to the bottom of the chat here. Let's see. Dustin Newman said back up the free throw line to the three-point line. Maybe they should have done that last night. Buck Willie says having Nick back gives everybody else a little swagger. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think so for sure. Um, I mean, it, it, it's it's hard not to see, you know, kind of some of the intensity and, and the passion that Nick plays with. Um, and that stuff is contagious. It really is. I really enjoyed the dynamic between Nick and, and Anthony Black uh, in the press conference. These guys are kind of joking around with each other, but they really fed off of each other well. Um, kind of like one of those things where they could almost finish each other's sentences, you know. Um, and I think it's a good sign. Good sign of chemistry. Those guys get along. Um, good teammates. Anthony Black is funny. We we have a media workroom uh, right beside where we where we do those press conferences. Giving you guys insider information here, uh, but it's right by where we do the press conferences, and you know everybody kind of goes in there and and works and and types their stories and stuff after the games. But um, they usually have some food and stuff in there in there for us, which is awesome. Uh, but <laughs> after the game and the press conferences, we're in there working, and um, Anthony Black walks in and and gets himself some popcorn. Uh, and then when he's walking out of the room, he flipped the lights out on us <laughs> in the media uh, just for a couple of seconds and he flipped it back on. But it's funny. You know, this guy's got a good personality. So let's see. Um, Kingsley. Hey, there you are. Kingsley says, what's up, Kurt? The newest hog fan is finally here. And the Hoop Hogs haven't lost since he's been born. Hashtag good luck charm. That is awesome. That's great news. I'm happy to hear that. Congratulations. We can never have too many Hog fans. And and listen, if this is going to be a good luck charm situation, you know, if Arkansas makes it to the Final Four or something and, and we've got to have, you know, Muss, you know, with, with the child on the sidelines with the pacifier, um, we'll go to whatever lengths we have to, to, to get this national championship. Right. So just keep that in mind. You know, I'm just, just, I'm planting the seed here, but no, seriously, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Zachary Beeler says late, but I'm here, Curtis. I was wondering where you were at, man. You know, thought you gave up on me there. Just messing with you. Glad you're here. All right think we made it through the chat very cool so um yeah really good show today there was a lot to talk about like i always say it, it's it's always nicer to, to kind of come in here and talk after a couple wins as opposed to a couple losses but that's part of that roller coaster ride with this team um kind of crazy right so you know we have arkansas at alabama um on saturday again it's a, a one o'clock game in tuscaloosa i think it was either gonna be on espn or espn2 i don't know if they've made that final determination yet uh, but that's a big one. Then they turn around on Tuesday and they're in Knoxville uh, for an 8 p.m. tip against Tennessee. Uh, so a couple big, big games coming up for the Razorbacks uh, before our next show. So we'll be back here uh, on Wednesday next week and we'll have those games to talk about. And we'll have a huge one against Kentucky to preview 
Uh, I might need to do two shows for that one because there's going to be a lot of stuff for us to get into. But uh, as always, really appreciate you guys uh, for tuning in, participating, all those things. You guys are awesome. You make the show great. It's been Curtis Wilkerson with hogsports.com, and we will catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.